Welcome friends, James Corbett, CorbettReport.com. It is the 31st of January, 2014, and we are joined once again by our old friend Jack Blood of DeadlineLive.info. And for those of you who don't know or haven't caught the news yet, of course, Jack Blood is once again on the airwaves with a brand new show, which is on the micro effect. And uh, the listening ability is right there on his website, Deadline Live. But there is a new website for the show specifically. What, what website is that? Well, thanks for having me, James. Keeping it beard with my good buddy, James Corbett here uh, from Atlanta, Georgia, as we like to say. We're at Radio Free Blood right now. We tried to you know, get up to the new millennium with our website. We thought it would be about time to <laughs> update things a little bit and make them a little faster and a little more available and, and exploit uh, multimedia. So RadioFreeBlood.com and and people can find out about our show and all the things we do in conjunction with DeadlineLive.info. I'm back on terrestrial radio, so it's been a challenge, but it's fun. And I'm just on Radio Free Blood right now. It looks uh, looks really nice. Well, thank you. I'll consider that um, the first vote since I haven't officially launched it yet, and I guess we're doing that now. I guess so. Well, <laughs> it, it's not a little, no longer a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I needed to have some place to put my archives and separate the news, and um, it's kind of more like your site. It's just all about me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Well, okay, excellent. So people can go to RadioFreeBlood.com for, for more on the Jack Blood Show, and of course, DeadlineLive.info for all the latest news and headlines. Um, again, lots lots on the plate, lots to talk about. I don't know where to start because uh, we haven't pre-planned any of this, but I'm interested in, uh, in, in, in basically everything you're covering. Perhaps we should start with the, uh, the old State of the Union address and uh, the, the teleprompter-in-chief's pronouncements for the coming year. Um, anything of importance uh, in, in this and from your perspective? Well, you guys certainly covered some key elements. In fact, I aired some of your YouTube broadcasts with James Pilato on my show today because I thought you guys did a great job decoding some of the things that either weren't said or were completely contorted. And I don't know if I need to repeat that for your listeners because they have you. But I thought it was um, there was quite a dichotomy that that there's two Obamas apparently at war with themselves. <laughs> and uh, one is, hey, I'm working with the Republicans and all this bipartisan, wonderful things that we're doing. And the other is I can't work with the Republicans, so I need to make all the decisions for myself. I'm going to go ahead with a stroke of a pen and try to the best of my ability to eliminate Congress and the Supreme Court so that we can move on with our agenda. That's the most important thing here, that we go as fast as we can. we got to put everything on the fast track along with the TPP. And, of course, Ed Schultz uh, from MSNBC General Electric and, and most of the usual Obama contorting supporters have um, taken his back on this. They, they like this idea. He's exactly right to take action without Congress. I just wonder how they're going to feel, James, in three years when there's about a 99.9% chance that that will be a Republican. Do you think they'll still want him to have these dictatorial powers? Yeah, something tells me that suddenly it's going to become a problem on January 20th of 2017. But, uh, you know, it's funny how that works, isn't it? What did the do-nothing Congress do last year? I think I believe we had about 20,000 new laws again at the beginning of the year and regulations causing billions of dollars in compliance for small business and everyday people. I think they're doing okay. I think they're getting a lot done. In fact, I would argue way too much. 
Yes, that is always the problem. And uh, and people talk about con congressional gridlock as if it's a bad thing, as opposed to the thing that we desire and need most urgently in this uh, in this environment. Um, but but don't worry. Um, apparently, there's going to be tax reform to make everything simpler and to, to close loopholes. And, and it's going to be uh, so much easier and less bureaucratic now, according to Obama and... And uh, and everything's going to be a okay, just oh, like we are it is with healthcare now. We are having tax reform, and healthcare is a big part of that. That every single one of us will have to have, um, because now the IRS is also our doctor. That's going to save money allegedly here, and they'll do a rectal exam on us, a financial rectal exam, to see where <laughs> we fit into the whole process of subsidies, or, or are we going to be forced to pay and then to, you know absorb the penalties. It is, uh, well, this is what a lot of people have been saying, and a lot of the real progressives I know, James, were, are, they didn't, of course, even watch the State of the Union, or the STFU, as we all call it now, uh, because that's it. No one talks back. I get up there, I talk, I tell you what, what's going on, and then I walk away. Um, there is no quid pro quo. There is no debating, really, and there is no asking uh, Lord Cousin Barry Obama, as I call him, any questions. You just don't even ask this kind of question, but a lot of the real progressives I know are, are pretty fed up with the guy, and mostly, again, for what he didn't say. He didn't uh, talk about the NSA spying uh, to a degree that w anyone would be satisfied. Um, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't fulfilled many of the promises that these people either imagined that he was going to do or that he flat out said he was going to do. In fact, there are a number of um, even African-American activists in Chicago, of all places, telling Obama just to quit after watching the State of the Union. Just give up now. Just resign. We've, we were completely given up on you. So he's losing his core audience. But but maybe he'll make up with them now by being the pro-pot president. And, and, you know, he has pardoned six people with those stiff Reagan-esque <laughs> uh, drug crime sentences. So six people's lives have been changed. I believe they're all minorities. So, um, you know, we, we can't say it's all bad. It's just 99% bad and the 1% good is what we forced him to do. It's, uh, yeah, but I, I, I don't know if I'm happy just to leave it at, well, people are seeing through this particular puppet anymore. I don't know if that's really enough. Um, I, I would be much, much happier if people start to see that all U.S. presidents are puppets and beholden to the very, very same interests, the ones that put them into power. And I don't think we have that level of institutional analysis going on quite yet, do you? Uh, it's better than before, but you're right, and you're dead on as always, James. The, the effect is generally at some point during the second term, they call it the lame duck term here in America, that the bandwagon jumpers, the Kool-Aid drinkers all start waking up a little bit. And then, of course, they will be opposition, loyal opposition, controlled opposition or otherwise for the eight years that Jeb Bush. I mean, did I say that a Republican will be president, mm -hmm. which is what we get after the eight years of the Democrats, anybody but a Democrat. We saw today that, believe it or not, Mitt Romney and then at one point today, Huckabee were the leading contenders for 2016. <laughs> and that more change you can believe in. <laughs> So I don't know. Is it wearing off? It should. At this point, I would think that Republicans would be very skeptical of another tax and spend and nation building and, you know, civil liberty sucking president as we had with George Bush, who bailed out the banks and, you know, did everything that I think they're accusing Obama of for the most part. Maybe that's why Republicans are so mad. They, they stole his game. 
Um, that's the old adage. Do, do you miss me yet? You know, the billboards with George Bush's picture on it. Do you miss me yet? And then the answer, of course, is I didn't know you left. But <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. You exactly. hope the cycle is ending. I think, you know, we're in a better place than we were, say, eight years ago. But I, we need to go a little faster. Exactly right. Yes, we do need to speed this up because we I don't think we can wait for the general level of understanding considering um, the, just the seriousness of all of the things that are going on right now. So perhaps looking past the puppets and the, the puppet elections and all of that kind of nonsense, perhaps we can look at some of these issues. And uh, let's look at some of the things you have posted up on DeadlineLive.info right now, including the anti-fracking activist barred from 312.5 square miles of Pennsylvania. Um, talking about Vera Scroggins, an outspoken opponent, outspoken opponent of fracking, is legally barred from the new county hospital. Bizarre story. Um, where does this fit in generally with what's happening in the U.S. right now with regards to fracking? Well, love it or leave it. <laughs> in this case, she'll, she'll have no choice. They put an ankle bracelet on her with a GPS so they can track her wherever she goes to make sure she's not um, in the areas she's not supposed to be. This is, a, this is a tough one, man, because I've actually looked at the fracking issue on all sides. I'm not for that. I'm not for nuclear turd factories, which, you know, are the you, you know what that is because you live in Japan. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we've got, what is it, 40, 41 billion dollars allocated for the new nuke plants. And then, of course, Fukushima happened. And, and that's not such a hot issue anymore. I'm thinking that is uh, something in the area of um, I think it's close to a million homes it's a lot of homes with solar generators and solar panels, in other words. So, I mean, if we're going to spend the money, there's another place to go. But look, I mean, these aren't uh, people that have any backing. Where is the, the you know, mainstream media or where are the big organizations, the green pieces and whatnot? They're just not backing the anti-frackers. So um, I think it's a pretty good test, though, to see what might happen to the rest of us. Um, that's, that's the most I know. There's 300 plus miles of no-go areas for her and they're tracking her with a GPS. I guess that's that's our future. America. Yeah, no, it is it's a startling story and uh and pretty worrying I think for anyone involved in any type of opposition to to any sort of government uh, uh policy or 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 anything that that's being pr- officially promoted. Um and should be worrying to to all of us. So I hope people will look into that story a little bit more. Um, Shows the power of Cabot Oil and Gas Corporation apparently. Yes, indeed. All right. And any any info on the history of Cabot Oil? I haven't done the diagnostic. I'd like to know who they really are because these days some of these um, sub corporations they're more front organizations for the the bigger sisters of oil. Exactly. Yeah, I would I, be surprised if it doesn't track back to the Seven Sisters somehow. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes. Exactly. All right. Um. Let's look at uh, another pretty startling and, and, and really kind of disturbing story that comes from the other side of the pond. Um, you're next. EU has secret plan for police to remote stop cars. Hey, this sounds vaguely familiar, like something we saw happen last summer in uh, California. Which is why I put the uh, <laughs> the news report where they're flat out admitting what we did talk about in the past, Richard Clark's statement about how a uh, reporter Michael Hastings car might have been hacked. This is interesting because the EU, it's obviously not a secret plan because we're talking about it and we know it. They want to add something to the cars, apparently, that would allow them to disable vehicles with the flick of a switch from a control room. Um, I kind of think they already have that ability. 
And maybe they just don't want, maybe this is in a way kind of uh, misdirection. Well, it's like geoengineering. Someday we're going to spray up in the air to save us all from global warming. No, we're looking up in the air and you're doing it now. Someday we'll add things to cars so we can stop them by remote control, but that's already doable. So it's hard to kind of figure out what they're getting at here other than maybe just conditioning us that this will happen. They'll save a lot of money not having to add anything to the cars, James. Well, that, that, yeah. And this is generally how it works. I mean, we see this in all sorts of different ways, including the, uh, the, uh, the omnipresent NSA spying and all these technologies are generally introduced to us through, through fiction and through, you know, uh, minority report and things like that. And then suddenly years later, we find, oh, you know, that technology is really real and it's really being deployed. You know, it's on start to do it right now. If, if they cooperate with the police, as do almost every security company, I heard an ad here locally call now the first 20 people get a voice activated keyboard that can listen to you all the time and we will install this for really no money we'll just come and give you the new home security system it's like what's the catch yeah i think we know the answer to that so onstar can already do this if they're already working with the police they can shut a car off just like that and i'm sure that that wouldn't be too hard maybe there would be something like a warrant involved in all of this though i don't know well, one would hope at the very least, but uh, but again, what what does that really matter at the end of the day? And that brings up the story of the, the drones uh, being used to arrest people. And basically, the judges are only mad, uh, mad that they didn't have the proper um, uh, warrant in place for that. So again, it just gets uh, crazier and crazier, and we get conditioned further and further into the, into the technological we had our use. First, we had our first drone apprehension here in the United States. They're touting it. And uh, by the way, a related story to that last one, before I forget, there's a new Senate bill here that will require smartphone kill switches in case of theft, which, by the way, again, you can already lock your phone. So or they can GPS track where it is. But I'm thinking more that this might be good for any kind of, you know, rebellion. So there's a lot of this stuff going on. Orrin Hatch years ago was bragging about how they have an Internet kill switch. They can kill your individual computers and we've reported on that quite a bit and you know that's actually happened to me and, and so <laughs> i know for a fact they can do something like that but yeah we caught a, the first drone guy it was over a cow theft in uh, middle america and apparently the cows had wandered on grazing to another guy's property and so to teach the guy a lesson he wouldn't give the cow backs until there was some resolution so swat came with the aid of a drone <laughs> and they arrested this guy and prosecuted him, and they're bragging about that. It is mind-boggling, and again, it is just part of that conditioning process to to get us all used to the idea of law enforcement using drones. And uh, you know, James, no one would believe this ten years ago if we told you that this stuff was going to happen. No one would believe that there are backscatter machines all around this Super Bowl site, and they've just been, you know x-raying everybody and pulling people over and x-raying them no one would believe what's going on with the nsa right no one would believe that the president has a kill list with flying death robots okay uh you would have been called completely absolutely nuts if you tried to say this stuff 10 years ago which we did well that was actually the very next thing i was going to bring up talking about the super bowl this this weekend it is this weekend i don't even know <laughs> i don't follow these things but uh, well let's Depends talk a little bit about the preparations and security that's going on there they got snipers 
Um, they'll be screening everything. You can tailgate. Now, maybe you don't know as uh, you're not a football fan, but part of the fun, in fact, maybe some would say the most fun of going to a football game is you show up with your car, your little mini grill, right? Your case of beer and you grill sausages out. Uh, that didn't come out right. You you make food out in the in the parking lot and, and it's a social part of the event. You get all liquored up before you have to go in and pay, you know, $20 for a beer and $18 for a hot dog inside the event. So at first they were saying no tailgating. Now you're allowed to tailgate in your car. So you can sit in your car and eat a hot dog. Um, <laughs> but they got snipers, drones, x-ray machines. Um, by the way, having a Super Bowl in cold weather is um, you know, not really what the fans have been looking for. And so half the tickets haven't been sold. And it could be also due to some of the security and the weather and everything else. But we're calling it the Smoka Bowl because it is Colorado versus Washington, the Seattle versus Denver. <laughs> and so who knows what the halftime show will be? I'm sure it will be some demonic occult spectacle. We, we've had our share of those for, for a lifetime in the last few award ceremonies. So hopefully uh, we can just skip this one altogether. And uh, well, can I say, though, that can I say this, that I have been in some of the most secure places in the history of the world, I've been, you know, on the same block as the president of the United States, Secret Service questioning me all over the place, helicopters in the middle of uh, the, the Republican uh, convention in, in 2004. And I've been in other places. I'm sure you've been to places that are supposed to be completely secure. They're not. OK, the security is an illusion. If somebody wants to get through, they're going to get through every single test with the TSA has shown how easy it is to get stuff on the airplane, yet we're still being strip search fondled and, and radiated and taking our shoes off. You remember the, uh, the LAX shooter here, what was it, about three, four months ago? Walked right into the airport, shot the TSA agents at the station, and then meandered his way about a block down the airport into the food court. I'm laughing because it's so absurd, and I know it's a horrible thing that happened. And then he starts shooting people in the food court before they're finally able to catch up to him and, and take them out. I mean, that's the kind of security we're paying for here. Well, it is mind-boggling, and this is unfortunately, again, just part of the new America, and I don't think this should be a surprise to anyone yet. Uh, but there, of course, as, as always with these types of events, there's now people predicting, you know, false flag, etc. going on here. Um, any, any, want to go out on a limb with any speculation no. about that? Well, I did predict a, a false flag or a terror event at the Olympics, and two days after I said that, there was a pre-attack, and we're seeing what's going on up there. This has given, obviously, Putin all the excuses he needs to clean sweep um, huge areas, which he's been dying to get at, without looking like you know he's anti-freedom, because that's his new—he's the new freedom poster guy, right? Uh, <laughs> saving the world on his shirtless with his white horse. Um, no, I'm, I think that that who knows what will happen then, because we know Putin has a lot of enemies and a lot of people would like to see these Sochi Olympics blow up in his face for so many reasons, both uh, legitimate and illegitimate, not at the Super Bowl, because and that's why we don't ever have stuff like this, James, because it will make somebody look bad. It's not worth, you know, the the extra bill you get through or or whatever security measure you get to enhance or whatever more money you might be getting. At the end of the day, it makes all those guys look really bad. And so I just have a feeling that it's going to be a pretty typical football game in the cold 
And uh, I'll go ahead and say Denver will win, but I'm rooting for Seattle, just in case you're taking notes. Yes, I was. Yeah, that was definitely <laughs> going to be part of my questions. I think the computer has also predicted Denver wins. Um, and um, I guess lording over all of this, this just came in, I think, today that uh, there'll be a new head of the NSA, Vice Admiral Michael Rogers, who's been um, working with the, I hope you guys know that we have admirals of cybersecurity now. It's, it's gotten to this point. And um, he's also working as in the, um, the inf- information war. That's a real thing. Uh, cryptology is now called information war, and he's ahead of that. MIT graduate, uh, General Alexander, is stepping down. As I mentioned to you off the air, I think this is interesting. The second in command, I guess in this case, will be Rick Leggett. He's to serve as the deputy director of the NSA. He leads the agency's media leaks task force. We need to have those. Don't want any media leaks here. And he's been assessing the damage done by one Edward J. Snowden, the former agency contractor who, as we know, obtained more than a million documents allegedly in Hawaii. He said in his uh, CBS 60 Minutes interview that he wants to get to the bottom of this. He wants to stop. He wants to get a hold and secure all of these documents. So going after whistleblowers, going after media leakers, um, increasing your overall capability to fight cyber wars, whether it's against us or actual cyber criminals. I tend to think most of those work for the government already. And um, I think they're going to take it to a whole new level. And I guess you kind of have to get rid of the last guy because you can blame him for everything up till now. And then the new guy comes in with a, with a clean record. Yes, that's the way that it tends to work. And, of course, Hayden gets off for the, uh, the incredible things that happened while he was uh, head of the NSA, including uh, 9-11 itself. Because, oh, they just couldn't, couldn't keep track of bin Laden and what he was doing because he had an American satellite phone. So they couldn't keep track of it. Or that was what they were actually saying in the, in the wake of 9-11, uh, which we now know. Well, we knew at the time, but we now know for sure it was complete total bunkum absolute total lie james we have to move days. forward yes. no sense in dwelling in the past we yeah. must move forward exactly yes N- never never look back certainly not no um yes uh unfortunately we know that that's just the rhetoric that they like to trot out in those those types of cases and it's interesting that you bring up rick rick Leggett as the uh the number two because i i think that generally it is the number two in these agencies that are the ones that, that wield a lot of the institutional power and generally do so out outside of the spotlight which makes them i think even more yeah. dangerous so i, I will saw that with uh yeah, we saw that with Janet Reno. Webb Hubble was he couldn't get the job legitimately, so he was kind of the real attorney general back in those days. And certainly, I think uh, Cheney and Bush make a pretty good. I wouldn't say so much now. And when Clinton was head of the State Department, I think she really was the head of it. But that's a really good point. I always look at the second person, though. Rogers, man, here's a guy. He was out in Iran Contra, fighting in Grenada and Beirut and El Salvador, and he's he knows where a lot of the bodies are buried. So I wouldn't underestimate him. He's got a real nice looking grandpa like picture, though. So maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're exactly right. It's uh, it's a nice, smiling, happy uh, portrait. So I'm sure we, you know, we're in good hands. Um, well, speaking of that that idea, um, uh, talking about a potential civil war within the military itself, I notice you have uh, a brand new post up: two dozen generals and admirals investigated for sexual misconduct. What is happening here? 
Well, that's a good question. So when we look at this, we know that there are many high up people who are constantly um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a polite way to say this, but, you know, they're constantly uh, bursting out of their pants. And <laughs> so, you know, I mean, there's I a lot of that was the polite way to say that. <laughs> I know that's all I could think of. His pants were exploding. But uh, <laughs> so there's something really deep going on here, which we've been trying to figure out now for months or years. And you know that they're not going to leak the evidence that these guys were involved in some, you know, sexual misconduct, as, as it's called, unless they want to get rid of them anyway. So that's kind of what I'm thinking at is, you know, what do these guys do now? They're starting to get very upset. And that's an underestimation of it. And, and I think a lot of them are thinking about fighting back. We've heard such rhetoric from some of the generals. Some of them, I think, did get caught doing um, things that Obama wouldn't like. In, in other words, trying to unseat Obama. And I think that's where the General Petraeus firing or his you know, retiring, I think that was connected to Benghazi. And, and I'm still working on that case. In fact, I just interviewed two people from Libya last week, the, the Moriartys, who you might know, uh, uh, Jimmy and Joanne Moriarty, who were at in Libya before the invasion, uh, during the invasion and after. What a harrowing story they have. If you want to know the truth about how that all went down in Libya, you might check out our our archive over there. But I don't know. Maybe you can tell me because the, the same thing happened during the Clinton administration, if you remember. Democrats always fight with the military, and there were a lot of them that were mad at them, and, and I didn't see any civil war. But I know that the military has been wargaming for civil war in America. I absolutely believe that the entire world is really just teetering like a top and ready to go over at any time. I, I have to believe that the elites are, are really concerned about a lot of civil unrest when the food doesn't get to the grocery store or whatever it's going to be or people run out of water or, or whatever. So they're ready for it. Um, are these guys going to do it? Uh, I think back to the time of Gen General, General Smedley Butler when they tried to get him to overthrow FDR, and he played along with it up to the point to where he can catch them all. At least that was the story. So would, could that happen again in this day and age? I don't see why not. And in fact, a lot of the people who were implicated as being behind that Smedley-Butler scandal are still in positions of power, at least their families are, because um, it was all of the top-ranking businessmen at the time who tend to be the top-ranking business concerns <laughs> in this day and age anyway. So the, That's where the trail yeah. led, and then they just dropped the case. Yeah, I, exactly. Suddenly, they, they didn't have so much interest well, in it. And he had all those troops that that's why they wanted Butler, because he had all those troops that weren't getting their bonuses, right? And there were millions of them after the war. And um, they thought that, you know, they'd, they'd follow him. And so that's how we were really close. I don't think a lot of people know that story. You should look into it. It's fun reading. But we were very close, uh, you know, during the FDR's term to, um, to having a civil war again here in the United States. We've already had one once, so it's not out of the realm of imagination that it could happen again. I know, and I really get this feeling, I was talking with William Engel about this uh, just a couple of days ago, that there are... There is a little war going on at the poker table that two of the players are <laughs> are caught cheating and they're about to shoot each other. Um, you know, the house always wins. So I don't know how much of that that really matters, but it, it is um, an order of of instability, inst instability. Uh, I can say that. I know I can say that word instability in uh, forget it. There there's a fracture <laughs> And that's something that we could exploit. So I'm, I'm, I'd like to know more about what is going on, but there's so much propaganda surrounding this purging of the military. It's difficult to get a handle on it. 
It, it certainly is, and it's been going on for a while now. Obviously, these are just the latest cookie crumbs in that trail, but we've, I mean, obviously, Petraeus was kind of the highest uh, highest profile so far in, in the Obama, you know, years in office, but there's been a lot of these, these firings and, and sexual misconduct and all of this going on. And uh, as you note uh, in your editorial comment at the top of this post, it's not that these military leaders are not guilty. Let's see the evidence. It's that their secrets are being exposed. Why? Why now? The purge continues. So again, as always with these types of scandals, I have no doubt that these people are implicated, as you say, up to their up to their eyeballs. We'll be polite in saying it that way. Um, but uh, I, again, the question, as always, why now? What's really happening behind the scenes? And unfortunately, I haven't found one general I could believe yet, and some of them are talking. And the assumption might be that Obama has turned the corner, doesn't want to bomb Syria. He's off the plan that might have been the project for a new American century. And that maybe that's why they're butting heads. Again, I'm not giving credit to Obama, but Obama's cabal, his people that tell him what to do. <laughs> I would so love to believe that, though, because you look back at uh, the, the the Kennedy administration, and and if you were actually living through those years, as, as just in the general public, you would really have no idea what was going on. But now, with the benefit of hindsight, we know that uh, that Kennedy was was really in, in a death struggle, literally, with uh, with the uh, the Joint Chiefs of Staff and okay. the the insane people who were advising him to do insane things, including killing um, people in in the United States to justify an invasion of Cuba, and he stood up against them and uh, and paid for, with his life for it. So I'd love to believe that Obama was engaged in such a struggle, but of course I don't. And um, <laughs> I guess time will tell as, as things start to come out about what... Well, that really wouldn't happening. mean it's a good thing. It might mean that they're more concerned with conquering Africa <laughs> before yeah. the Middle East. So, yeah. you know, we don't know, um, but there's certainly a fracture. And, and like I was trying to say earlier, I mean, that's, that's a disadvantage. That's an Achilles heel. That's a moment of weakness in the military industrial complex and in the political system. And all of this, I, I really too, truly believe, is due to so many more people sitting up and taking notice to what's going on around them and following some of the news and listening to shows like yours. It's absolutely a lot of pressure for the powers that be to try to keep everything contained. And what happens when your rat's backed into a corner? What happens when things are starting to, even if they just are appearing to fall apart, people start getting nervous and making quick moves. So um, there's a big story here somewhere, and we'll get to the bottom of it, James. I hope so. Well, it's a good point to keep in mind because I don't think people do appreciate just how much of an effect the alternative media has had already. And I think that's only continuing to expand as more and more people tune out of the, the mainstream repeaters and into the alternative reporters like yourself. And I think we've covered a lot of the top headlines there on Deadline Live. Any, any other story you'd like to cut touch on this, this month? Well, as the states are mulling, reviving the old-time executions like hangings and firing squads... Um, I'm, I just want to be on the record that I would like the firing squad. And if I could go while I'm smoking, that would be just wonderful with me. Nice and Aim clean. The heart. Yeah. Right. That's actually the most humane way to be taken out. So at my yeah. treason trial, if, if I don't get to put this out, kind of like Joker Sarnef right now, not hearing from him, they're going for the death penalty in the Boston bombing case. I, I don't know. Will we see any evidence? In that, that trial? Will there actually be a trial? Or will he, like the underpants bomber, plea out for life in prison 20 floors down in some federal prison with no possibility of ever being paroled again? What a deal the underpants bomber took there. That was great. They actually had a trial. 
Indeed, and you've talked to Kurt Haskell uh, a number of times on your program, so I hope people check into the archives on Radio Free Blood for, for those uh, programs. Um, we important. want trial. We want the trial for the Boston bomber. <laughs> on that note, um, <laughs> I think we'll start wrapping it up. But um, once again, um, people are uh, encouraged to check out your website if they haven't done so. And if they have and if they get value out of what you do, I hope they will support the work that you're doing. Tell them again how they can donate to, uh, to your work. Uh, jackblood at hotmail.com please right now we just had a snowpocalypse here a broken down car my computers are breaking you know how it is James you just go in a circle fixing things till you get to the top and then you start all over again so until we can get our operation um, a little more smooth like yours any help from your listeners is greatly appreciated anybody that donates from here on out goes into our magic archive bin and when we perfect this site next week they're going to have first crack at archives that may not be available anywhere else so mm, i'm forcing people to contribute if you want to say it but do it on your own we appreciate that good karma for you jackblood at hotmail.com james i'm not only a friend of yours and and i really respect you but i'm a fan i love the work keep going stay strong stay bold brother well, I appreciate the work you're doing, and I certainly hope Corbett Report listeners will come through to help aid you as you take this uh, step out into the new website. So my hat's off to you for your, uh, you stepping up the game, and I'm looking forward to more of your great work coming out of there. Jack Blood, uh, RadioFreeBlood.com, uh, and DeadlineLive.info. Did I get that right? Firing squad, James, with a cigarette <laughs> at the time. All right. Jack, take care. Talk to you later. Thank you.